0: slash youtube series today I'm doing a live stream video um it is Friday the what twelfth Friday the twelfth of June 2020 this is episode twelve of 100 I'm aiming to do 100 videos um talking about stuff i mean i've I've kind of run out of stuff to talk about already to be honest, so I really need to try and think what I'm going to talk about next actually that's not quite true. Next week, I'm thinking of doing writing tips every day, so a different writing tip every day of the week between probably starting tomorrow, Saturday, through to Thursday, and then Friday will be another live Q&A session, just like this one here now is. So uh, I've got some questions that have been sent in by uh, readers slash viewers. I've just had a comment uh, pop up. William Tyler Davis tells me, I'm live. Who? Thank goodness for that. Um, I'm feeling better today, by the way. Yesterday, I, I had a, a, I was going to say a hangover. I had a migraine yesterday, um, and I felt pretty ropey for most of the day. Uh, by last night, felt absolutely fine. Went for a cycle last night. Awful experience. Hated every moment of it. Uh, thighs were on fire. Lungs were burning. And I often throughout the process wished I was dead, but uh, completed that. And uh, feeling absolutely fine today. So thanks for everyone that that showed their concern. And if you didn't, shame on you. Uh, So I have a few questions um, that I've had submitted. So I'm going to rattle through those. And then uh, I'm going to show you something at the end. But I won't tell you what yet. See the suspense, master of suspense that I am. So Mike Oxmal, Oxmal, one of those. I quite like the fact that you set realistic goals for yourself. It is quite likes it. it does, it's not overlooking, but it quite likes it. Um, how easy will it be to change this work ethic slash habit? This kind of comes about after yesterday, actually, when I mentioned in the video, watch that video if you want more information, but that I was trying to be less hard on myself and uh, that if I missed a day writing because I wasn't well or because I couldn't be bothered or whatever that may be, that I wasn't going uh, yeah, to yeah, be too hard on myself for that. I was going to relax a bit and try not to stress out. How easy will it be? I don't know. Uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years, uh, longer than that now, um, 11, 12 years. For much of that, I've been kind of desperate, always working and looking for work and actively trying to get new writing gigs. When I have been doing that, I've been writing either stuff that I want to pitch to people or stuff I've been paid to write. So it, it will be a process of trying to readjust and trying to give myself a bit of slack, but I'm determined to do it. So there we go. Doug Barker. Question, what characters are in the pop boxes on the shelf in your office and why them? Ah, these, um, I have various collectibles in my office, which I'll, I'll talk about at a different time. Uh, these pop figures I have are, uh, are the Golden Girls from the TV series, The Golden Girls. So I have Rose, Sophia, Blanche and Dorothy. I've always loved the Golden Girls. Uh, the Golden Girls are referenced quite frequently in my space team novels in uh, in a short story I did f- based on the books or from the series. One of the main characters is called Splurt. He is a green blob. He's a shape-shifting blob. I have a cushion uh, shape like him, but he's, he's out of reach. And he can change into anything. And in this short story, he changes into Dorothy out of the Golden Girls. And it becomes a kind of recurring theme. Throughout the series, so I've been—I've always been a bit obsessed with the Golden Girls. Genius comedy. Kenneth McIntosh, a wee question for Q and A Friday, if I may. Yes, you may, Kenneth. Did you have the outcome of the characters? I'm especially thinking of what happened in the Blood and Treachery and a Whisper of Sorrows books in mind from the outset, or do you run with each book as it comes? It's a very good question. Um, it, It depends. Is the answer to that one. Generally, when I plot a book, when it for this series, I knew what happened in book six. I didn't know all the details, but I knew I had the general gist of book six when I started writing book one. I knew that was going to be one big story arc and was going to come to an end in book six. The actual fates of of characters in book six, no, I had no real idea at that point. Um when I was started writing book six. There was a scene in Book Six that um this isn't a spoiler if you haven't if you haven't read it, don't worry. There's a scene in Book Six that made me, while I was writing it, sob like a baby. Um, really really struggled to write that scene, and I really felt guilty writing that scene. And that scene had not been planned in any way. It was only as I was about I hadn't a plan worked out for Book Six, and it was only when I was about, A chapter and a half away from that point that I knew this thing had to happen and uh, and I didn't want it to happen I kind of actively resisted it happening but I knew for the purposes of the story this thing had to happen and I sat and I howled all the way through writing it Um, so yeah half and half for uh, blood and treachery I knew everything that was gonna happen in that book at the start And by and large, it all happened. Uh, But Whisper of Sorrows, one scene about kind of maybe three quarters of the way through, took me by surprise. Geraldine Greenwood, this may have been raised before. This is a connected question, actually. This may have been raised before, but how do you feel when you kill off a character? Depends on the character, largely. Some characters, I literally stand up and cheer that they are dead. Uh, Other characters, i um mourn over as if they were a close personal friend as a writer you get very invested in your characters um and lots of my characters i feel kind of come to life and kind of become kind of become like my friends because i don't have any real life friends so I, i can make them up and get them to do everything i want and they all love me um so yeah, they kind of become your friends. You you become attached to them. Even the bad guys, you become attached to in, in some way. And you kind of, you know, they're all part. They're an element of you essentially. Uh, no matter how awful they may be, they they've come from your head. And I think even um, even the horrible characters you have to have something about them which is interesting and is, is is draws people to them. You want to know more about these characters. Otherwise, they're they're, they're boring. And there's nothing worse than a boring character. So how do I feel when you kill off a character? It varies wildly. Some I have genuinely felt bereft over, and some I have celebrated their death. Well, literally, that would be weird, but um, you get the idea. Jack D, uh, you write so many different genres of books. Do you have a favourite? Not really a genre as such. I, I, I had no idea I was going to enjoy writing crime fiction so much. I loved writing the comedy sci-fi comedy superhero stuff that i i I do under my own name i loved writing kids books um I, i was surprised how much i enjoy writing crime fiction but i think everything i write has to have an element of comedy in it i don't enjoy writing stuff that is really straight i mean to be honest the crime fiction a litter of bones was supposed to be just straight Gritty police procedural drama. And then uh, I think the first time I realised it wasn't going to be was when there's a scene when uh, Jack Logan is up in the Highlands for the first time. He's at the crime scene where the boy uh, has been taken from, and a sheep wanders in. And there's an exchange between him and uh, a junior constable about dealing with the sheep. And I knew at that point that this wasn't going to be straight, gritty police procedural. And it has evolved. You know, Some of the books are funnier than others, but it has definitely evolved that there is throughout each book, there is that that seam of, of humour, often quite dark humour. But uh, I think I need that in anything I write. I need to have an element of humour in it. Uh, the, uh, A Letter of Bones was described to me as the funniest book about child abduction someone has ever read which feels like a quote that should be on the cover um and the first review of my children's horror series that i wrote invisible fiends the first review said this is the funniest horror book i've ever read Uh, and i hadn't realized at that point that 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 it was funny until i looked back at it and all the humor I, i write tends to come from characters rather than situations it's that interaction between those characters that i really enjoy um and i think it I'm sure members of the police and the emergency services in general will agree that that's often how they get through the day. Those, you know, they see some very, very dark things, and without a sense of humour, I think it would very quickly become overwhelming. So yeah, so I, there's not a particular genre I enjoy writing, but I like writing funny stuff. So uh, there will be humour in pretty much everything that I write. Uh, even the uh, eulogies I I wrote for a few uh, family members and close friends. Um, So, yeah, there we go. Uh, Yeah, so that's all the questions uh, at the moment. Oh, I've got some popped up at the side. Oh, hang on. There's loads of questions here. Uh, Okay, we've got questions at the side here popped up. And here we go. Chris Picken, Barry, I'm thinking pop up on screen. Hang on. Can I pop up on screen? Yes, Chris Pickin. Barry, when you're writing, do you jump from book to book or concentrate on just one until it is finished? Good question, Chris. Well done. I do both. Uh, Until very recently, I've focused on one at a time. With my kids' books, I would often be writing three or four books at once and a comic and a script for something and various. So uh, often I would be bouncing between projects a lot with the and when i was writing space team i was bouncing between kids books and, and the space team series uh, and even while i was writing the first jd kirk books i was still finishing off some some children's book contracts then since then i've i've kind of tried to focus on on one book at a time at the moment though i'm writing both uh the next sidekicks book and the next dci jack logan book which I will get back to in a minute. So there we go, Chris. hope that answers the question. Uh, Well done. Uh, Mike. Here we go, Mike again. That's true, what he said about comedy. A litter of bones have made me laugh loads. It's the most rainy place. We've got a certificate. I hope you've got it laminated. That is a real conversation that I have had. Uh, We were, Fort William was the rainiest place in Europe for about three years in a row, which was quite the claim to fame uh let's see what else we've got here we go uh, yeah chris pop back up again chris is saying i used to work on operating theaters if you didn't laugh about things you'd go mad very quickly i agree i think that's much the same as being an author as well uh okay i think some of these questions might be a little bit spoilery so i'm not going to read those um some of them are quotes uh William Tyler Davis bet you never cried writing space team you're wrong there's a scene in space team god don't know uh, nine what's that one don't know one of them uh and there is a character death and I did I was choked up so I was so one of the space team books I think is about book nine yeah i think so um yeah i kind of i was a bit choked up by that um and another final question for mike barry which books did you find easier to write space team or the jack logan books uh space team's always been very easy to write uh because i don't really do much planning for space team just make it up as i go along basically i have a vague idea and then i jump in and i see what happens and it's very easy to write because anything can happen. And sometimes that's liberating and sometimes that's terrifying. Sometimes it's it's, it's more difficult to write if anything can happen because you can take the story in any direction you want. And sometimes that's not necessarily a good thing. You become so panic-stricken wondering which direction you should take the story that you freeze and do nothing. But I found it quite liberating and I can go off on tangents. Some weird thing can happen and the team go jetting off in their ship and, you know, deal with that situation and then jump back into the main story. So I find Space Team very easy to write. What I was surprised at, though, was how easy I found the um, the DCI Logan stuff to write. I expected it to be very difficult because of all the police procedural stuff, and I expected me to be stuck doing a lot of research, um, but I didn't. I did a bit of research, and then i just made it all up and um threw in a few acronyms basically so none of the you know none of the police investigation stuff in in well most crime fiction stands up to that much scrutiny but um yeah so i particularly probably mine so i enjoy both i find both pretty easy to write and uh yeah that's it that's the question answered there we go done um Okay, final, final question. This is it. Mark Adams, can you make a decent banoffee pie? I can. Banoffee pie is, uh, I thought it was an American dessert. And the Space Team books are about an American guy in space. and, And he references banoffee pie a lot. Because I assumed taking fruit and covering it in caramel toffee stuff and cream and using butter and Biscuits and stuff on a base, I assumed that was an American dish. I apologize to any Americans listening or watching, but I assumed such a such an atrocity would be an American dish. It's a delicious atrocity though, but it turns out it's not, and most Americans have never heard of banoffee pie until now and is now is is rapidly growing in popularity in the United States and I think it's thanks to space Team. Uh, Can I make a decent banoffee pie? Yes, I can. But unfortunately, I'm on a diet, so I am not. So that's it for questions for this week. That's Q&A Friday done. I did promise I had something to show you. If you're on the podcast listening, tough luck, because you're not getting to see what I'm about to show you. Go to YouTube. You will see it there. If you're watching on video, though, I am delighted to reveal the cover for the seventh DCI Jack Logan novel, The Big Man Upstairs, uh, which will be coming out in August. So not too long to wait. Uh, So yeah, that's the cover. That's the title. Now you know uh, it will be up for pre-order soon. Some point soon. I can't give you an exact date yet, but it'll be up soon, and it will be available to download and buy print copies of in august so there you go those of you uh, who were asking will a new book be coming soon yes it will and that's what it's going to look like so thank you all very much for tuning in for downloading for watching whatever it is you are doing from tomorrow i will be doing a new writing tip every day for the next kind of five six days ish and then back to a live stream Q&A next Friday. So hopefully I will see you then. Uh, Thanks to everyone that came along and and commented and asked questions today. And uh, I will speak to you all again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Notes from a Scottish Author. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends. If, unlike me, you actually have any. You can find more information about the show at scottishauthor.com